Hey, this is Sean Mandoli, and I'm the pastor of Sanctuary LA, and you're listening to our podcast. Thank you for joining us. I hope this message encourages and inspires you. Remember to follow us on social media at My Sanctuary LA and enjoy the message. So Acts chapter 20, but I'm going to approach it from a different, little bit of a different angle today than maybe you were expecting. Um, but I just want to talk about today, and I'm going to open us up in prayer, and then we'll get into um, who we are in Christ, but from a certain angle that um, I don't think you're expecting, because we got a few more Sundays to really go into this, but I really felt the Lord leading me to teach today on, on, on from this perspective, because um, I... Today, what I really feel here before I pray is that I hope I'm, I can give you something that will help you to continue to grow in the Lord. Does anybody want to grow? I mean, I, I, I want God to do things. I want open doors. But at the end of the day, I really want to just grow. I want to I want to grow in my walk with God. I want to grow in my knowledge of God. I want to develop a relationship with God as we came out of a series just recently legit. I want to be a legit Christian. I want to be the real deal. Can I get an amen out there? All right, look at your neighbor and say I want to be the real deal. Okay? But that's what I really want to share with you today is to empower you to really continue to grow. Have any of you grown in your walk with God? Do you believe you've grown in your walk with God within the last year a little bit? Yeah. All right. Some people are like, yeah. You Anybody feel like when you're growing and developing, God challenges you. It's not always easy. It's not always comfortable. Actually, I'll say most of the time it's not. The results are beautiful, but the process isn't. Somebody say growing pains. Okay, but that's what I want to give you. I am all that. We got, we got five Sundays to really dive into this series. But today, I really want to share something with you to help you grow. And I believe these two things that we're going to talk about today are really going to help you. So, Father, we thank you for your word. And I pray, God, that as your word says, one waters, one plants, but God gives the increase. I pray, let that be, Father God, a reality in everybody's journey with God. That today, may, uh, my prayer is that I'm able to water that seed that's already in their heart a little bit. Father, maybe plant some new seeds of the word inside their heart. I pray that the seed, that, that not only that the seed is, is good and, and solid and sound and powerful, but Lord, my prayer today is that the soil of our heart is good. Lord, that it is good that it will take that seed into it so it can produce. I thank you, Lord, that as powerful as your word is, Lord, you need good soil for it to produce fruit. So I pray right now that you make our hearts good, Lord. Show us, teach us how to watch over our hearts so the soil is good for the word of God to produce fruit in our lives. I pray that the seed of the word is planted on good soil of the heart today in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. amen. Here we go. Okay. So Acts chapter 20, uh, verse 17, but just wait there for a moment. This is what I want to share is there is a juxtaposition, fancy word. There's a juxtaposition in, in God and in the truth, in, in truth and in God and in the kingdom. There is there. God seems to have this duality about him. And I'll give you some examples that his, the sword of the spirit is mercy and truth. Somebody say mercy, mercy. and truth. 
Okay, so, so our spiritual growth will come by not just one perspective of things, um, but that we would have a spiritual expression of things and a practical application. Okay, that's what we're talking about today. Spiritual expression and practical application. Okay, that, that we want to receive revelation and we want God to speak to us but there's got to be a practical application of that or you will not grow. Okay? And we're going we're gonna to talk about this today. Okay? So if you even think about some people in the Bible like Daniel, he fasted and prayed. The man was um, a God chaser, a God pursuer. The man's convictions were strong. He was a strong spiritual person. But he also, he also was able to apply wisdom and to be elevated in the marketplace. He wasn't just some dude fasting all day, but had nothing going on out there. I'm going to challenge us today. The man was interpreter of dreams. He did not um, follow the cultural norms. He fasted. When, other, when, they, when they said he couldn't, he, he obeyed God when he, was, when, death, when he was threatened with death. So he was spiritually strong, but he was able to apply wisdom and to be elevated in the natural world. Here's another one. Um, um, that, yeah, Daniel, Joseph, another one, was a dreamer. Look at your neighbor and say, what's up, dreamer? Daniel um, was, a, was fasted and prayed, but he was, he was elevated in the natural world. Joseph was a dreamer with strong spiritual convictions because old girl tried to holler at him and he said, not you and not today, girl. Gots to go. Somebody say amen. amen. Anybody had to say no to the devil ever? Yes, hopefully you did. <laughs> Anybody say yes and that's why you're in church now because you need Jesus. Right. I'm with you, I'm with you, I'm with you. I've been on both sides of it. I know not all of you have said no all the time. You have never given in to temptation, ever. Never. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Look at your neighbor and say, mm-hmm. But Joseph was a dreamer with strong spiritual convictions. The man was spiritual, but he saved resources in harvest time, and the people he worked with were elevated as a result. Natural, practical application. The man was a dreamer, but he's like, look, it's good right now. I might want to put some of this away. All right, here we go again. Jesus often went away to a mountain to pray. Often. And I believe all the gospels, it references him going to a mountain to pray or going away to pray, okay? Uh, and he would then come down from the mountain and engage with sinners so he can reach and equip them. Jesus was the most spiritual man that ever lived, but I believe the most relatable man that ever lived. I believe the more spiritual we are, the more relatable we will be to humanity because Jesus was the most spiritual person to walk the earth, and yet he could relate to a beggar and a blind person, and a woman with an issue of blood, and a woman with just two mites. He was so elevated in the mind and heart of God, yet he had an ability to practically connect to normal people. All right? Amen. And so here we go. I'm going to read this. I know you're waiting for me in Acts chapter 20, but I want to read this if you're taking notes, and it's in Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 17 to 18. I'm getting somewhere. Say this with me. Say, I am all that. 
Look at your neighbor and say, I'm all that. This is what we're going to talk about. That, that God wants you to be spiritually and go after him with all your heart and soul and your mind. But God desires that you have the ability to practically apply wisdom to your life so you can be elevated out there for the purpose of bringing people to him. And that your spiritual walk in pursuit of God is power, paramount and primary. But we as believers have to follow the examples in scripture that even an Abram will go up to a mountain to sacrifice his son, where the Bible says on the mount that it will be provided. He, but he was able to just come down and walk this thing out. Think about the, we talked about the transfiguration, I believe last week or the week before, how Jesus brought them up on a mountain. He was transfigured basically into light and lightning right before them. But he came down off the mountain and he was able to go through a garden of Gethsemane and practically walk through a process with God. All right? So it's, it's both, it's both. So here we go, Nehemiah chapter four. They're not gonna have this because I got this one last night like I normally do after I gave them my notes. So um, deal with it, okay? But now, Nehemiah chapter four, verse 17 to 18. This is what it says. It's powerful. Uh, those who built, this is when they were building the wall around the city. It says, those who built on the wall and those who carried burdens loaded themselves so that with one hand, somebody say one hand. One hand they worked. Somebody say work. Look at your neighbor and say, do work. Look at somebody and say, practical application. One hand, they worked. They got a word from the ruler of the day in the book of Ezra said, y'all can go back and build. But they, got, they had to have a hammer. Look at your neighbor and say, you got a hammer? And not, not to beat the person next to you with, but to work. It says, one hand, they worked at construction and with the other held a weapon. They had a hammer in one hand and a sword in the other. The way they were able to build a wall around the city, build something for the kingdom of God, build something for the nation of Israel, is they needed both. They needed to work. And, and if you want to look at this prophetically, the sword of the spirit, the word of God, the way we do warfare is prayer. So we need to know that we are workers and we are prayer warriors. That if we, we don't just pray, we pray, but we're going to get to work. Amen. We're going to get to work tomorrow. Well, most of us, we're not. But Tuesday... We're going to get back to work. Come on now. Come on now. I'm talking to somebody here. You guys hearing me? That, 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 that God wants you to elevate into the mind of God. See visions and dreams and all that. But, but, but God's going to say, okay, cool. Now take that and get down there and make something happen. All right. So loaded themselves so that one hand, somebody say one hand, they worked. With the other hand, they warred. I'm a worker. Say it with me. Say, I'm a worker and I'm a warrior. All right. Every, every one of the builders had his sword girded by his side as he built. It was both. They were able to build because they had a hammer and a sword. And I'm here to encourage you that, that the, I, I'm here to tell you right now, really, I, of course, I am a spiritual leader, if you can call me that. So, of course, I'm going to say, the mo and it is true, that the most important thing is your spiritual walk with God. That is it. That is primary. That is what matters, that you got your sword in your hand. But God's wanting to give you tools so you can make something happen for yourself. Make something happen for your family. Make something happen. Amen. Me as a father, if I, I would love to just stay home and pray all day, every day, but I can't do that. I got to go out and make something happen with God, for God, in God. But I ain't going to stay home and pray all day. Or Nico's going to be like, Dada, I'm hungry. 
Somebody say amen. Amen. I'm speaking to you, man of God, that you that that your wife doesn't have to be the spiritual one. I mean, hopefully she is a spiritual person, but you be a prayer warrior. You pray, you lead spiritually, and then you you know what? It's time to go out and make something happen. Go out and kill it and bring it home. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm about to kill it on Tuesday. Some of y'all is like, no, I don't have a day off. I work retail, right? You work retail, you're working tomorrow. Hopefully. Um, those who built on the wall, built. I'm here to tell you, I want to put a sword in you as a pastor. My heart is to be like, here's your sword, here's your hammer. Go out and kill it and bring it home. Amen? Both. A sword. God, God wants to empower you to walk in a, on a spiritual level in the, in the will of God and be led by the Spirit of God and get out there. And just because you're spiritual and full of God, you know, um, we don't need to get a reputation just because you're spiritual that you are the weird one in the bunch. And what I mean by weird, I don't mean unique, and I don't mean, um, you know, just who you are, your personality, the uniqueness of who you are. I'm just saying that um, weird is that I am super spiritual, but I can't really get nothing happening in my life. And God will empower you to get some traction, practically, to get moving. It's how God operates, that we are called to be in the world and not of it. Go kill it and bring it home. I am all that. Look at your name and say, I'm all that. I'm spiritual and practical. Say that with me. Say, I'm spiritual and I'm practical. God is my provider, but I better save so I can pay rent this month. Yeah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for the truth of the gospel. Mercy and truth. Okay. Every one of the builders had a sword girded by his side as he built. Okay, this is a pretty long scripture in Acts chapter 20, and I'm not going to read it all. It is very long, but if you're taking notes and you want to write down, it's a powerful uh, script. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but Acts 20, verse 17 to 38. Okay, I'm not going to read um, all of it, um, but um, the Apostle Paul, I'm going to look, look at verse 27, if you have your Bibles open, and this is, this is Paul right here. He carried this balance of the practical application and the spiritual expression. This is a believer's life right here. This is how believers ought to operate. I want as a father, my four-year-old, my six-year-old, I want them to be such, um, um, I want them to be so on fire with God and just worshipers and lovers of God, but I want them to be able to turn that brain on and apply themselves in a practical way so they can get traction in this world for the purpose of having influence so that they can point people to Jesus. Somebody say amen. amen. But look at verse 20, um, 27. For I have not shunned declaring to you the whole counsel of God. Somebody say spiritual. And so he, he goes on to talk about what he did and how he obeyed God and, the, and with tears and all this and that. But he said, I did not shun to declare to you the whole counsel of God, the whole counsel. 
Okay, now let's go down. He talks about um, all this. He's like, I'm not going to see you guys again. He's about to go away, and he knew he was going to never see these guys again. So he left them with this. Let's go down to verse 34. Yes, you yourself know that these hands have provided for my necessities. Practical. This was an apostle. The Bible says that he went to the third heaven. He, 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 um, he fought with beasts in Ephesus, talking about spiritual things. I mean, he wrote the book of Ephesians, talking about I don't, we don't war against flesh and blood, you know, and, and, and in Corinthians, but against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness and heavenly places and the full armor of God. And, and he, was, he was a spiritual man. I mean, this, this dude was deep, as you could think. But then right here he says, man, I, I work with my hands and I provided for my necessities for, and for those who were with me. Here's an apostle, an example of the New Testament believer. Uh, verse 35 is, I've shown you in every way by laboring. Work. Look at your neighbor and say, do work. work. Right? Somebody can have a call and be filled, have a gift, even a spiritual gift, so profound, a healing gift and all that, but be, have a healing gift and get educated, young people. One amen in the back. Be, be a powerful minister in the power of God, but apply yourself in this world. That he says here that, that, that I have shown you as an example, this man of God in every way. This is his last words to a bunch of leaders in a city. He called for them, said, send the leaders to me. I will never see them again. I'm going to drop this on them right here. He talked about a lot of spiritual things and all that, and it's, it's, it's all great. But this is how he ended a man of God, a spiritual man, a deep man, a man who carried the anointing in the presence of God. He's like, you guys need to make sure you apply yourselves in a practical way. That you must support the weak. It's amazing that if we apply ourselves practically, how much support it gives to those that are struggling. And remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he said it is more blessed to give than to receive. And when he had said these things, he knelt down and prayed with them all. Then they all wept freely and fell on Paul's neck and kissed him, sorrowing most of all for the words which he spoke that he would see, that they would see his face no more. And they accompanied him to the ship. The last things he left them were labor and work, be diligent because there's weak people that are depending on you to do it. Come on now. Spiritual as can be. I mean, this brother, angels responded to him. He cast a devil out of a woman with a spirit of divination. And he's, he's telling leaders, apply yourself. Here it is. Here's my first point. I'm a worshiper and a worker. Look at your neighbor and tell him that. Tell him, I'm a worshiper and a worker. Okay, and we're, here we go. John chapter 4, verse 23. Here we go. But the hour is coming, and now is when the true worshipers worship the Father in spirit. Somebody say in spirit and truth. Worship. Worship the Father in spirit and truth. I mean, when it's time to worship, man, we ought to just, just cut loose. You got to learn how to just, who cares who's looking? Who cares who's around me? If you think I'm a little too extreme, that's fine with me. If you think it's a little too much, fine with me. I don't care. I ain't worshiping you anyway. Come on. For the Father's seeking. Why? Why? He's looking for worshipers. I mean, spiritual expression. 
where he looks for those that are going to love on him. And some people, man, you know, you look at somebody worshiping and then you might know some things in their life that ain't just right. And you're like, mm, see, acting all spiritual. No, you don't know what. Maybe that's why they're acting so spiritual, because because they know that they can't get through this without them. All right. Don't don't judge people for their worship. Why you over there like twiddling your thumbs? I, I don't see God coming up after that. Come on, somebody. Help the worship team out. Come on now. Don't make them work so hard. <laughs> Come on now. They don't need to like pry you up off the seat. Hand them all a shovel. Pry you up off your seat. Come on now. You, you, you shouldn't. I get it. Sometimes we need encouragement and all that. But we don't. You ought not always need somebody. Come on. I'm talking to you leaders in here. Oh, come on now. Lift your hands. Come on now. Jesus rose from the dead. Come on now. It's time to worship the creator of the universe. Come on now. Come on. Come on now. Come on. Come on. We're talking about Jesus now. This ain't the Dodgers. Come on, somebody. This ain't, this ain't the, just the Lakers. Come on, somebody. This ain't just the Clippers. Come on, Clippers. This is our year, everybody. Come on now. Come on now. No, uh me, me and E-Man over here. Clipper fans, come on. All right. Anyway, we're talking about Jesus. We're talking about Jesus. <laughs> Somebody just said, keep it going. How dare you? All right. Come on now. Father, we just thank you for the Clippers. We just thank you for hallelujah. Mm. Worship, spirit. We want to be a spiritual house. We don't want to be so practical in, in, our, in our expression, hear me, and so like, you know what? I'm okay if people come into our gatherings and go, what is going on here? If, if we never have to explain what God is doing, Chances are God ain't doing much. On the day of Pentecost, they had to go, look, look, y'all, they're, they're not drunk. They're, they had to explain. And now in this day and age, it's saying things are so, and when it comes to spiritual expression and love and passion for God, passion you can't put in a box. You can't always explain it. There, there is a spiritual expression and emotion. You don't know what I've been through kind of praise. You don't know my struggle kind of praise. And I know how good he's been to me kind of praise. And look, if I don't fit in your little box, that's actually a win for me. Come on now. We, the worship team ought to be calming y'all down instead of trying to picking y'all up. Yeah. Hallelujah. Jesus. But do you want to know? Here we go. James 2, verse 20 to 22. Here's, here's the other perspective of this. Worship. I encourage y'all, cut loose. And maybe you've got some breakthrough in your worship recently in your walk with God. And you used to come in, but now you actually do this. Maybe next week you do this. Maybe the week after that, you're like, ah! Yeah. Somebody say, grow. This isn't about a show. It's not about what I'm just saying that love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's every part of my being is engaged in my worship and love for him. 
But here we go. James 2, 20 to 22. I'm a worshiper and a worker. Check this out. But do you not know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? He actually had to do something. He had to practically climb up that mountain. Do you see that faith was working together with works and by works faith was made perfect? I'm a worshiper and a worker. I'm not, I, in the sense, in the context of this, it's saying he was justified by works because he took what God said and he took action. Okay, so we aren't justified by works, meaning we don't work to be justified, but when we are justified, we're going to work. Come on now. Here it is. Pray as if everything depends on God and work as if everything depends on you. Do both. Pray first, but let's get to work. Pray first, apply yourself. See, we prophesy and we're persistent. We're not just gonna prophesy. We're gonna prophesy, we're gonna speak the word, but we're gonna, we're gonna get up and show up to work with a smile on our face and the joy of the Lord in our heart, even if we don't feel like it. We, we prophesy and we're persistent. God gives us a new heart, but he wants to renew our mind, both. How many people are walking around with, renew, with a new heart justified by faith and they have not practically applied the word to their mind and they can't enter their promised land. I'm telling you right now, your promised land and your future is attached to the application of the word to the way you think. As a man thinks, so he is. God's not limited. It's our interpretation and activation of who he is that limits us. Hallelujah. Here's the next one. Here's the next one. I, here's the next point. I plan and I pray. I do both. Both with the F. Both. Do both. Look at your neighbor and say, I do both. Both. I'm all that. Tell them I'm all that. I'm a planner and a prayer. I be praying, I be planning. I'm planning and praying. What you doing? Planning and I'm gonna pray. I'm gonna pray and I'm gonna plan. I'm planning and praying. I'm doing both. I'm going to plan and pray. Both these. I'm going to grow. I want to develop. I want us to move forward. I want to get the ball down the field, and I'm praying and I'm planning. I plan and I pray. Look at your neighbor. Tell them, say it with confidence. I plan and I pray. All right? I plan and I pray. All right? Go after God with everything. Come off the mountain shining like a light. And then God's going to look at Moses went up on the mountain. The, the, the cloud covered the mountain. Lightning. God spoke. Dropped the Ten Commandments. God's order for the kingdom in the earth. What did he do? He came down from the mountain and had to deal with a bunch of knuckleheads. Could you imagine coming out of the glory? And you're like, oh, Aaron, got the cow out here and everything. This ain't Chick-fil-A, man. God's like, look, I'm gonna, I'm gonna appear to you, Moses. I'm gonna speak to you. I'm gonna give you the Ten Commandments. And, but check this out, bro. You're gonna come down off of this thing. You have to deal with some stuff. Gotta get messy. Gotta do some work. Amen? Don't be afraid of work, man. God gave Adam a job, named the animals. Then he pulled that lady up outside, pulled that rib on out of, up out of him. All right? I plan and I pray. Here we go. Proverbs chapter 21, verse 5. All right, you guys getting something out of this this morning? Yeah, you guys good? All right, the plans. Somebody say the plans. Okay, look at your neighbor and say, I'm a planner. The plans of the diligent lead surely to plenty, 
Somebody, and look at this. I believe in tithing. I'm a tither. I, my wife, my family, we, we bring the tithers. So I've done it my whole life. One of the first questions my wife asked me before I married her, literally, are you a tither? Because she wants to make sure the man she marries has got um, an order to his life, that, God, that this man is going to honor God in that respect. I believe in that. But I'm telling you right now, you could tithe all day. You don't practically apply. You don't save your money. Don't blame God for lack of provision. And I'm not here to sell that to you either. Like, if you, all you have to do is give. No, you got to do a lot more than giving. Giving is part of it. Yes, Lord. Zero amens on that one. Come on now. Come on. Come on. Any like more, any people that, man, you just enjoy, you just kind of thrive in the practical space. Come on, raise your hand. You just, you all about, look at D's like, yep. D got a vision board. Yeah. She's going to do a workshop. No, I'm <laughs> no, she's not. <laughs> no, she, it's not in her plan. She, look at that is not her plan. Don't be putting plans on me. Look at that. See what happens when you plan. I'm just getting some revelation talking to D here. When you get, um, when you plan, you, you create boundaries. Planning isn't just for the sake of planning. You inadvertently create boundaries. Why? Take the vision Write it down so those that read it can run. Planning gives you focus. You don't have to, oh, I just got to focus better. No, write it down and watch focus happen. And then the Bible says also without vision, people what cast off restraint. So when you write your vision down, you provide restraints. Certain relationships you're in, when you start planning, they can't come up in there. Or, or it's going to come in a certain context. The reason why, you know, I got so much drama, so much people coming up all up in my business. Everybody got my phone number. Everybody texting me. I just ain't got no privacy. Well, because you are not planning. I'm telling you, people that don't plan, life all over the place, by choice, they're attracted to people that don't plan. Like spirits attract. You start planning and organizing, applying yourself, you're going to find out for a minute certain people with a certain kind of spirit are like, nah, I'm not trying to hang out with them. They got, they're trying to get their life together. That's going, they're going to make me look bad. Yeah, Jesus. The plans of the diligent lead surely to plenty. Plans. You know, favor just isn't something I pray for. You realize if you apply yourself, you get understanding. The Bible says favor's there. Favor is for those that have understanding. Favor, come. Favor, I call you forth. Please keep doing that. Really, do that. But get some understanding. Add, add a, put your mind up in there too. Somebody say amen. I'm trying to help somebody. Somebody say, I'm going to grow. Come on, say it. Say, I'm going to grow. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm growing. Tell them, I'm growing. I'm developing. I'm growing. Look at the kingdom operates like a seed, and seed is all about the beginning of a process. And that process, that goal is to produce fruit. And that, the, the goal for the seed is to grow. Somebody say, I'm growing. Plans. Here we go. The plans of the diligent lead surely to plenty, but those, but those of everyone who's hasty surely to poverty. Running all over the place. You don't, you don't have, I tell you what, in your family, if there's, a, if, there's a, if there's a reoccurring issue of lack and poverty, 
I'm telling you right now, if you take the word, practically apply it, you will find yourself on, the, on your way out of that by virtue of applying yourself. You don't have to bind the spirit of poverty. You have to plan your way out of that stuff. Organize your way out of it. I'm not saying you don't, you don't um, you know, come against any uh, kind of... Uh, I'm not saying you can't pray and communicate that way in your prayer and, 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 and uh, declare the word. Please continue to do that. But I'm here to tell you right now, you gotta, you got to apply practical application to get yourself on up out of there. I come from uh, a lack and not quite making it kind of environment and the home I grew up in. I mean, uh, people just um, in my uh, couldn't keep a job. You know, obviously they were showing up dr drunk and had beer in their purse on the way to work. It's not funny. It's just that's how I grew up. I mean, my stepmom coming home with her purse and like beer in the, in the purse. Beer was in the purse. And I'm like. Okay, that, that's, that's, that's life then. She worked at the post office, had the beer in the purse. My grandma smoking a cigarette, 10 in the morning with a beer, reading the newspaper. I'm like, that's a vision of my future. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Everybody look at me and say, apply yourself, pastor. Apply yourself. <laughs> that was normal. Big old bag of weed in the purse. Coming home just turnt. After work. Come on now. Jesus. I know. I cannot relate to anybody out there. I guess I'm the only one. Okay. I guess I'm the only one that's had to apply myself to come up out of stuff. Put, put, put my, you know, put one foot in front of the other. Grind, you know. Amen. And God's favor and his blessing and his wisdom and his presence. I'm not taking away. But then in the middle of that, man, I'm going to hit this road. I'm going to write this thing down. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to look at they, the way they came out the wilderness. They had to apply themselves to walk across that Jordan. They needed a leader to help them. But they were walking through that mess 40 years. And one dude stepped up and said, look, three days. We're gone. We're out. Let's go. Somebody say practical application. Okay, we're almost done. Are you guys getting something out of this? Here we go. Plan means this. If you're taking notes, plans means thought. The thoughts of the diligent lead surely to planning. It means intention. It means invention. It means to purpose. God desires that we have spiritual depth and practical determination. God desires that we have spiritual depth and practical determination. Ephesians 6 verse 18, praying always. I plan and I pray, praying always. Pray always. Pray on the way to work. Pray while you plan. Pray, pray after you plan. Pray as you're walking to go plan. Pray always. Praying always. When should you pray? Always. When should I pray, Sean? Always. Just pray. I pray for my kids. I pray in the car. I pray in the shower. I pray at home. I pray for my wife. I pray for you. We pray at church. I pray on Facebook. Praying always. Somebody say praying always. With all prayer and supplication in the spirit, all kinds of prayer, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. I'm a, I'm a planner and I'm a prayer. I plan and I pray. I apply my thought and I'm gonna engage my spirit. I grew up in a very spiritual house. Prior to coming to the sanctuary, the, the environment I grew up in was very, 
very much a spiritual type of expression. How the praise was just demonstrative and, and, and just very expressive. Our prayer meetings were very loud and everybody was praying. I mean, it's just the kind of spiritual environment I grew up in. Um, you know, but, but I knew, I, I mean, that's all beautiful and, and that's all part of that, that. I believe that's the beginning of, of, of our walk and that ought to be part of us as a church. One of our core values is passion for God. And God deserves nothing less than our passion. He doesn't want our excuses. He wants our passion. Your, your, your marriage, your spouse deserves nothing less than everything. Passion. God, he is our, we are the bride of Christ. He is the, the, the groom, if you will. He deserves nothing less than everything. Our passion, our love, our expression, our shout, our hands, our dancing, our singing, our prayers passionately. But when you pray, um, sorry, Matthew chapter 6, verse 6. But you, when you pray, when, not if, when. When. When you pray, go into your room. And when you shut your door, I love that, private prayer. Uh, pray to your Father who's in the secret place. And the Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. I'm all that. I'm practical and I want to pray. I mean, I want to I prophesy, but I want to be persistent. I want to give God praise, but I want to be able to come up out of this with my mind focused, with my vision clear. Well, I'm going to go do something. When I quit professional skateboarding at the age of 23, the, my first job after traveling the world skateboarding was Wiener Schnitzel. Somebody say, do work, Pastor Sean, do work. It was right there like... Wiener schnitzel in the hood, though. Like, it's different. <laughs> I mean, we have people smoking heroin on their break. And then people come out from the hood because he wanted to get some brown, is what they called it, uh, which is the smokable version of heroin. And, yeah, some, yeah, some of y'all are like, yeah, we know that. You don't need to tell me. But, uh, but um, uh, and they, they come out, and he just give them a bunch of food because then he can get his dope. And so here I am, I just, 23 years old, just quit professional skateboarding. And I, guess what? I had to work. And, 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 and I felt God just say, you need to get the first thing that opens up. Wiener Snitzel wanted me, people. And I was like, you know what? I feel the value. <laughs> Nothing wrong with fast food. I'm just saying it was a humbling process for me. But this thing, I have no shame in that. Because I'm going to work. Next thing you know, I felt like God speak to me. Said, said, um, I felt him speak to me. Say, I want you to get involved in, in, like, I want you to work at a bank. I want you to get involved in accounting. I came from skateboarding. I didn't know anything else. I didn't have enough. My other job was a paper route. Back in the day, there was a thing called paper routes where you put a bunch of newspapers in a basket and you deliver them. And then you go to the house and collect the money. There was no apps. You would actually say, hello. They'd be like, you know, give me the money for that. Last month, and they'd be like, Well, they were wet, and you threw them on the lawn, and we're not gonna pay you. Anyway, somebody say, Do work. So, my whole reference I graduated from high school, I was traveling the world, literally, even before I graduated. I got sponsored, I was sponsored as a freshman in high school. So, skateboarding was just like, Hey, I wanna do this, right? So, I, so five years, I'm a professional. I felt like God said to walk away from it. I walked away from it as a career. I started to work at Wiener So, God said, Look, I want you to get involved in working at a bank. 
I want you to get involved in something in my heart. Said, get involved in something that's going to develop a part of who you are that's outside the skateboard world. So I ended up getting a job at a bank. I got a job um, doing accounting for an engineering firm. That engineering firm paid for me to go to school. To, to, to go to school for accounting. The, and as a result of that, that's the whole reason I got a job at the sanctuary. So me, because Pastor Jay hired me to be the executive pastor, which is basically to handle the business side of ministry, that we were growing as a church and he needed somebody to kind of help with those kinds of things. And I'm here to tell you right now, I am here before you because I took a job at Wiener Schnitzel. So look, spiritual, I could, I heard from God. I was working. I had to work. I had to apply myself. And God spoke to me. It's both. I could hear from God, but I'm going to go to work. I could hear from God, but I had to put that, that wiener dog outfit on. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, I didn't. I was too prideful. I totally resisted. I was like, dude, I am not wearing that. <laughs> it is hot out here. They had some fan. I'm like, that fan's not helping me. I'm going to lose weight up in there. <laughs> I did not wear the wiener dude outfit. But I did rock the purple shirt with the big W on it, and I had rocked the hat with the W on it. Come on, somebody. I wish I still had it. All right. Somebody say, I'm all that. Somebody say, I work and I worship. We're almost done. We're almost done. But when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who's in secret place, and the Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Here it is. I have a secret place and a social space. If you just got a secret place, no social space, you're going to get goofy. If, if you're pursuing God and you aren't connected to community, you will get goofy. If you are only in community and you only have a social environment and you lack the private spiritual development, you will get dry and frustrated. Somebody say amen. amen. Somebody say, I'm all, that. I'm all that. I have a secret place and I have a social space. He re uh, Daniel 2 verse 22, he reveals deep and secret things. He knows what is in the darkness and light dwells with him. Daniel 2.22, he reveals deep and secret things. He knows what is in the darkness and light, and light dwells with him. Daniel 2.22. See, this is the thing. I don't want to be so deep that I lose sight of people that are lost and hurting. I don't want to be so lost and wanting to get deep in God that I lose sight of the people that are outside of him. Jesus was the deepest, quote-unquote, man, God-man that ever walked the earth, but he still made time and created a rhythm in his life that he just wasn't on the mountain all the time. He was, just wasn't just away praying all the time. He was out in people's lives helping and engaging with them. And I don't want to be so entrenched and involved in people's lives that I lose sight of my personal relationship with God. Somebody say, I'm all that. Here's my last point. I am deep and wide. I'm deep and wide. I'm getting a little wider, you know what I'm saying? But I am deep and wide. What am I saying? That, that I'm going to go deep in, in my pursuit of God, my pursuit of his voice, and my pursuit of, 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 of heaven coming down. But I'm also going to reach. I'm going to reach out to somebody. I don't want to just be around a bunch of deep people. 
I want to be around people that have the smell of breath that I used to have. Mm-hmm. I want to be around the saint and the sinner. I want to be deep and wide. I don't want our church even to be so much just this, just just a bunch of happy um, Christians that like to go to church. I want our church to be full of people that are working it out, that are walking this thing out. I want us to just invite people that, that, you know, I, I don't want us to be, you know, we want to be deep and wide. All right. Here we go. Last scripture and we're going to close. Mark chapter two, verse 15. This is it. I'm deep and wide. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm deep and wide. All right, yeah, worship team, come on up. I am deep and wide, okay? I'm all that. I'm a worshiper and a worker. I plan and I pray, and I am deep and I am wide. I want us to be a church that knows how to go deep, that wants to take a deep dive in the word. That's what really... Um, um, certain connect groups are for that. I want us to be, I want, I, I, I do feel the um, pressure and responsibility to develop spiritual leaders, right? So that's why in my group, it's, we're going to be going literally scripture by scripture through the book of Ephesians, right? And, I'm, and different people in our community, I want them to start communicating consistently in certain environments. I want, I feel responsible to equip people to preach and teach the word. So somebody say D. D. But I don't want our environments just that. I want us to be able to hang out with people that have a lot of questions. I don't want to, I want to be around messed up people. Anybody? Sometimes I think we forget how jacked up we were. You forget how much of a mess you were. And you got to get around some people we're a reaching church. I mean, that's at the heart of this, of us as a church is the R in real stands reaching people with the gospel. Somebody say wide. So that we can equip them for purpose and empower them to leave a legacy. Somebody say D. So we're wide because we want to reach people, but we want to equip people for purpose. We're, we're deep and wide. We're deep and wide. We want to celebrate when people go, I mean, you know, we want to celebrate. People get baptized. I was baptized back in the day. Sometimes I forget. And so you see somebody like Johnny over here get baptized. If you, if you knew this man's story, it, it'd bring you to tears. It would make you go, my God. Sometimes we lose sight of where we were. I want to be close to the broken Jesus. Look at this. This is the last scripture. Mark chapter 2, verse 15. Now it happened as he was dining in Levi's house. So funny. Levi, which is a priestly name. He's in a priestly environment. He's in a, you know, he's hanging out with the clergy here. Dining in Levi's house that many tax collectors, back then they were criminals, and sinners also sat together. Somebody say deep and wide. 
with Jesus and his disciples. He got the disciples around a bunch of knuckleheads. <laughs> making the knuckleheads nervous and making the religious people. Yeah. Now, I think the religious people were nervous and the knuckleheads were like, what am I doing with these people? Uh, many <laughs> tax collectors, thieves, Come on, somebody. Anybody that collects tax is a thief. No, I'm just I'm playing. I'm playing. I'm just joking. But that many tax collectors and sinners. I mean, it ain't, I mean, it's just out there. Like these people are sinners. Anybody like when I when I was a sinner, man, I was a good one. I did it well. I applied myself. Somebody say amen. Come on. One's laughing. They're like, yeah, me too. I, I was good. Come on now. Don't forget where you came from. And sinners also sat together with Jesus and his disciples, and there were many. Look at why. And they followed him. Amen. I'm all that. We're all that. We ain't trying to be just a, a, a museum for saints. We're trying to be a, we're trying to be a, an equipping center for the called, but a hospital for the broken, all at the same time. All at the same time. Hallelujah. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Thank you for listening to the message. If you've been encouraged and inspired, give us a great review and share it with a friend today. Also, if you're ever in the LA area, join us for one of our powerful weekend gatherings. For more info and directions, follow us at My Sanctuary LA. Be blessed.